You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hi guys, you're very welcome along to episode 70 of the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Come, hard to believe we have 70 episodes done. Yeah, 70 episodes in the book, DJ. Uh, seems like not that long ago we started, but just around a year ago now that Overtime Ireland, so let's say, opened the stores. I don't know if that's the right term to use, but been going good. It's been a lot of fun, and long may it continue. And as I always call them, or during the off-season, we've talked about what we've been spending our Sundays doing. And last Sunday, we spent it preparing and conducting <laughs> our fantasy draft for our Money League column. Yeah, DJ, a lot of a lot of studying going into it. It's the one I know we want to win the ones here at Overtime Ireland, but this is the one with the serious money on the line and the the serious bragging rights, I guess, on the line. So this is one we really, really wanted to get off to a flyer with our draft, and overall very happy with how the draft went. And as you can hear with my voice, uh, a few beverages drunk as well, and throat a little bit sore today. Yeah, and we'll be updating all of you guys on our progress in our money league as well as the Overtime Ireland leagues throughout the season. Yeah, and uh, Twitter, before the draft, he tweeted out the uh, the trophy for our league. Uh, it's called the Big Vern after Vernon Davis was on the losing team last year. Only needed a couple of points to to get the win for the other guy in the in the final, and turned out he had a shocker of a game. Didn't get any points, and it was nicknamed the Vern after that. But huge, huge trophy. Tweeted it out. Check it out on the Twitter handle. One of the guys in the league made it, and really, really excellent uh, trophy. One of the biggest ones I've seen for any fantasy league, anyway. So. Uh, well worth a look at that and hopefully I'll be getting my hands on it come the end of the Super Bowl in our league this year. Yet another great guest coming up on today's show, Colin. Yeah, joined again by our guy Ross Tucker. Ross has a fantastic podcast of his own. One of the reasons we got into doing podcasts ourselves was down to his former podcast with ESPN, but now he has his own podcast. I'm sure a lot of you know it, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And he's also doing a fantasy podcast now, the Fantasy Feast Eaten with Evan Silva. So he'll be coming on to talk to us a little bit later in the show and we'll be talking through a lot of things including the latest NFL news as well as some of his time in the league and of course his podcast as well so that's coming up later in the show later in the show we're also going to be having a special interview Connor Philpott gave us an interview last week while he was down in Tampa Bay talking with Pat Murray down there trying to make the roster and Connor was also up at the University of Central Florida and of course they're playing in the Crow Park Classic this upcoming Saturday and we got a few interviews there from some of the guys that he met down at the training facility for the University of Central Florida so we'll be sharing that with you towards the end of the show as well and I think Connor done an excellent job getting some insight into the boys getting ready to travel over and so on and so forth so that there will be coming up after the OTI news later in the show but as always to start the show DJ check out our guys over at Last Word in Sport they're spreading the word and I'd like to thank all of you that are listening to the show and obviously spreading the word on social media a lot a lot of Love been shown in social media, spreading the word off over time Ireland. And another competition coming up this week to, to thank you for that. And it's with GameStop. It's going to be a Madden 15 competition. We're giving away two copies of that. One this week, one in another week or two. But more details for that at the end of the show. But Last Word on Sport, check them out on Twitter. It's at Last Word on Sport. And you can check them out. Their website is lastwordonsport.com. They've got you covered for all sports. Wide range of topics been covered there. And they now have the Last Word on Sport radio network, which we're proud to be part of. So be sure and check out the radio network. Listen to our podcast on that. And check out their website. That's lastwordonsport.com. On the topic DJ off websites, of course we have the Overtime Ireland site and some people might have noticed over the last few days it's been a little bit quieter with not much stuff going up on the site. Nothing going up in fact over the weekend but that is because the site has been upgraded and it's been done by the team over at impactweb.com and you can find them obviously that is their website impactweb.com but it's impact with a K so I-M-P-A-K-T 
Web.com. So be sure and check them out if you're looking to get your website upgraded or get it ready for tablet or mobile format. So that's going to be going up live again now. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this it is already live, but very, very early this week it'll be going live and it'll be all ready for you in time for the upcoming season. We have over 20 writers on board this year to put their topics up on the site. So lots of stuff to look forward to going up on that OvertimeIreland.com site. So be sure and check that out. So that's all the shameless plugging out of the way to start the show as always. We we love a few shameless plugs here in Overtime Ireland. We'll be talking later on in the show a little bit more about the Crow Park Classic coming up this weekend, which we will be attending. A little bit more about the fantasy draft that we took part in this weekend. And of course, the NFL news, as well as that Madden 15 competition and Connor Philpott talking to some of the guys at the University of Central Florida. So really, really is a packed show DJ today that we've got. But let's get in now to the main headline act off the show, and that is the OTI Red Zone. And we're going to be joined now by Ross Tucker. The OTI Red Zone, presented by OvertimeIreland.com. Joined back on the Overtime Ireland podcast now yet again by Ross Tucker. Ross is his own podcast. I'm sure a lot of you are keen listeners too. Uh, we're really big fans here at Overtime Ireland off the Ross Tucker podcast. Thanks for coming on to talk to us, Ross. My pleasure, Tom. Always good to be on with you guys. I'm loving the fact that uh, they've got all this football going on in Ireland right now. Are you, by any chance, going to check out the high school or college games this weekend that are taking part in Ireland? Yeah, I won't get up to the actual uh, high school game, but we're going to the college game on Saturday, so really looking forward to that. Uh, sh- should be a great time. Well, you know, as you know, I'm from Pennsylvania, yeah. and I know a lot of people that are going over to Ireland. Some of them are already there for the Penn State U- U- University of Central Florida game. So if you see some Pennsylvania Penn State people tailgating, have a beer with them, or what I call a daddy soda, Tom Ross says hello. Yeah, there's a lot of people coming over, I've heard people around Dublin, and over the last week or so, a lot of people over to get a, kind of, they're taking a vacation, you know, to get the game in and to spend some time in Europe, so some of them travelling throughout Europe and then coming back to Ireland for the game, but should be good, they're expecting around 70,000 people, so big crowd too, I'm really looking forward to it, and um, just a question, and on Twitter when you mentioned that game, uh, one of the listeners was wondering who you thought that maybe... Some of the people going to the game should be watching out for. Have you any players in either of those two teams that you think uh, they should be an eye on coming? We're a long way away from next year's draft, but maybe looking forward? Yeah, I mean, the the one guy more than any other that you're going to want to watch is Penn State quarterback Christian Hackenberg. He's only a, a true sophomore, which means it's only his second year removed from high school, but he started every game last year for Phil O'Brien the new Houston Texans head coach at Penn State, had a tremendous year. He was the rookie of the year in the Big Ten. And there's a lot of people that think he has a chance to be the number one overall pick in the 2016 draft. He was the number one ranked high school quarterback in the country. He went to Penn State. Uh, He's expected to have a big year again, although they've got some offensive line and some wide receiver issues. But he just can really, really throw a football, tough, big, smart, and uh, he'd be the guy to watch for sure. Yeah, so he's another year year and a half, uh, so two more seasons uh, at college before he'd be looking to get into the NFL, but definitely one that'll be excited to watch in Crow Park this weekend. Uh, and another thing it proves is with the growth of the game here, you're big, you're, you always talk about the sickness and a lot of us over here seem to have it. Um, it's just another reason that the, the game's growing over here in Ireland and the UK and Europe in particular. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, the fact that they're going to get 70,000 people, and I know 
there was a decent amount of people coming over from Pennsylvania and maybe Florida, but a lot of those people are, you know, from, you know, Europe, from Ireland, from the U.K., and, and they want to see, you know, more American football. And this is the college level, so it's not quite as, as good as the NFL, but it's still two pretty solid college programs, and you can see guys when they're, what they look like when they're 18, 19, 20 years old as opposed to, you know, in their mid-20s in the NFL. So I think it's awesome. I, I, I'm all for it. Plus, with Penn State having those sanctions because of what happened with uh, the Jerry Pantusky scandal, yeah. this really becomes a, a, a bowl game for them. You know, they're banned from, from going to a bowl game, which are typically after the season. So this is a, a unique opportunity for these kids and their families. The big news in the NFL that came out over the last few days was the injury to Sam Bradford, just coming back off an injury that ended his season last year. And I, I had thought he looked pretty good in the preseason games, in particular against the Packers last week. But his season now over with a torn ACL. Uh, what, what did you make of the, the news? Obviously, it's disappointing for the player getting injured. But there's a, a lot of people on Twitter were wondering, do they think this is the end of Sam Bradford? Well, I think it's probably the end of Sam Bradford in St. Louis. Um you know, he's going into the last year of his contract next year. His cap number would be over $16 million, yeah. and they'd be paying him in cash about $13 million. And I just think it's that's pretty hard to justify for a guy that, you know, hasn't really played football in two years, or at least a year and a half. And even when he was playing football, it's not like this guy was Joe Montana. <laughs> you know, the, the jury was still out on him just from a, from a pure football standpoint. So I think it makes a lot of sense uh, for the Rams to probably move on from him. My guess is that maybe somebody will allow him to come in and to compete for their job. But I think the Rams, at this point, you just can't, you can't take the chance of paying him that much money now. Maybe he'd be willing to take a pay cut. I don't know. Uh, but if you can get him to play for a lot less next year, Maybe you give him one more shot. Otherwise, I think I think you need to move on if you're St. Louis. You know, with the shoulder injuries he had in college and uh, what he's had now in the NFL with his knees, it's just really, really, really hard to uh, to justify that. Yeah, the other thing is they've you know they've stuck with him through thick and thin the whole time. They really were trying to you know get him there in the end, but maybe this was just the the final straw. And maybe they'll just they'll have to move on from it, but very unfortunate injury for him there's been another a number of other things with quarterbacks uh, around the league since the draft in particular we all know that Manziel will be sitting now but what uh, what other quarterbacks maybe that aren't you know the, in that top tier are you looking forward to seeing this upcoming season do you think any of them have started to maybe move themselves up the rankings a little bit well I, I've been extremely impressed in every way with Blake Portals yeah. I think a lot of other people have as well uh hard not to be. He's played so well so far, and so now it's going to be a really interesting thing to watch when the Jaguars organization elects to to, to pull the trigger on, on the Blake Bortles era. I mean, he really couldn't have looked much better than he has through the preseason, which is obviously a great sign um, for them. You know, we're taking him number three overall, and I know that the plan was to sit him the entire first year, but he's just playing so well. Uh, I don't believe for a second that they'd actually have him sit out the whole year. Uh, not a second. Now, maybe, um, just maybe, 
they'll let him sit the first half of the year, but I think they definitely want to make sure that he has some starts under his belt before next season. It'll be interesting to see going forward how he develops. And, you know, you've, he's not going to be a player that's going to be fantasy relevant this year, I don't think. But you've got yourself into fantasy football now, Ross. And our money league that I do here with a, a number of my friends um, took place last night. And I was very, very interested the last few weeks listening to your new fantasy football podcast with Evan Silva. Just want to give a plug out to it. I have mentioned it a few times, but definitely worth a listen for anyone into fantasy football. And, of course, your own podcast, the RTFP, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Do you want to give a, just a shout-out to any of the listeners, maybe the new listeners here haven't heard your show yet? Yeah, it, they should definitely check it out if you're into fantasy football. It's been a lot of fun. You know, I mean, this is really my first major foray into fantasy football. But the fantasy piece so far, the feedback has been outstanding. I mean, Evan Silva works for rotoworld.com. He is very much a, uh, a fantasy expert guru. I, I, think he's, I think he's the best out there. Um, so I love working with him. And then, you know, I'm, I'm bringing the, the football element of it. I'm bringing the, the, the quote-unquote real football element of it. And um, so far, it, it's really gone very, very well. I, I just think it's cool, man. I'm, I'm glad I'm in a couple of leagues. I've got my own team my own guys to root for. I'm excited about, you know, the kind of the convergence of being a, uh, an analyst and a fan and also, you know, trying to find value in certain players. It's, just, it's been a blast so far. So if you're into fantasy football, even if you just want to give it a try, I, I really think you should. I think you'll enjoy fantasy football and fantasy feast. Uh, the podcast, you can get iTunes, Stitcher, tune in. RossTucker.com is the place to do it. Yeah, and just uh, one of the things you were talking about in one of the early podcasts, uh, you were discussing the possibility of no running backs. And I know you've been talking about different players, you know, possibly going higher, and you've been high on Jimmy Graham. Well, I actually know that my co-host in the show in that Money League last night actually took Jimmy Graham. He was number one overall pick in that, so he decided to pull the trigger on. But outside of mine, I was number six in the draft and uh, went without a running back in the first two rounds. And overall, it worked out quite well for me. I ended up with Calvin Johnson, Jordy Nelson, Alfred Morris, and Doug Martin were my first four picks. So. I think uh, I went. I uh, didn't take the running backs in the first two rounds, and I was quite happy with how it turned out overall. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I I love Jimmy Graham. Number one overall might be a little aggressive, but I love Jimmy Graham. That's for sure. The issue, the only reason that I think it's worked out for him is that when he went back around, then he hadn't a pick for the next twenty-four picks of twelve-man league, and when it got back around, Gronk and Julius Thomas had both all gone as well. So if he wanted one of those top tight ends, I suppose he had to go at number one. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I mean, I was in a I was in a draft last night. I had the number one overall pick, and I actually went different from my from my mock draft on the Ross on, on the Fantasy Feast podcast. I went with uh, Lashawn McCoy. I'm just a little too concerned about that Chiefs offensive line right yeah. now. Now they got Donald Stevenson suspended. Uh, I, I I just I, I got I have more faith in the Eagles O line and the Chiefs O-line, which is why I went with Shady McCoy over Jamal Charles. One more question on Twitter, Ross, and it was from Jackie, and he's wondering if there was one rule change that you could change in the NFL, what would it be and why? One rule change? Yeah. I would change the rule that allow, that, that it's not even a rule, actually. It's actually a, uh, it's the way the officials are taught. But they are taught, when in doubt, to throw a flag uh, when it's, you know, helmet-to-helmet type of hit. Yeah. And I, I just don't believe that that should be the standard. I, I think throwing flags 
on plays that, when you watch the replay, are clearly legal collisions. I, I, I believe that that just kind of confuses the matter for people and makes it worse. I, I think I understand where the concern comes in, but when in doubt, throw a flag, I, I think is always a terrible standard, and that the standard should be, if you're sure you saw a foul, then throw the flag. Otherwise, um, let it go. I mean, uh, otherwise, because if the idea is to deter the behavior of guys headhunting and those type of things. Well, if the idea is to defer the behavior, uh, or deter, I should say, you can still do that by fining them after the fact, even if, you know, they're not flagged on the play. I just, I do not like the idea of penalty flags being thrown when you're A, not sure, and B, it could greatly affect the game. Yes, that's for sure. One last question. I wanted to talk to you a bit about O-line play. You've been an offensive lineman in your time in the league, and I was just uh, watching Hard Knocks, and I seen young Matthews down in Atlanta, and you know he's a rich heritage in his family, a great players in the National Football League. Just uh, it's hard. It's a hard decision or a hard position for people not involved in the game to kind of to understand quite as well. What have you thought of him? I seen him this week in Hard Knocks going up against JJ Watt. A, a steep learning curve with that one. Yeah, I actually didn't get a chance to see the show yet. I have it DVR'd, but um, that's what you want, though. I mean, you want to go against guys like that. You know, people are amazed with J.J. Watt's size and, yeah, that's and what, strength. That's what I said. But, but here's the deal. He has unbelievable technique. I really think that is what, what makes him as special as anything, is just how good his technique really is. And you got to re- remember that because that's what wins so often in the NFL. You're a dominant player when you have dominant physical traits, but you also have the technique that allows you to utilize them. A lot of guys have the physical traits but don't have the technique and vice versa. When you have them both, then you're one of the best players in the league. When you came in as a rookie, what was the steepest part of the learning curve for you? Was it the technique of the, the players in the NFL or just the, the strength of players being stronger than the college game? I thought the biggest difference was the technique. Um, you know, playing at, at a little bit of a lower level in uh, Division One FCS football, so that's not the guys that go to the bowl games. I played, um, you know, in, in the Ivy League for Princeton, and I, I thought that the guys would be so much bigger, so much faster, and they were. I mean, they were definitely bigger, they were definitely faster, but maybe not quite as much as I had built up in my head. What really was unique to me and what really impressed me was just how good everybody's technique was and how much of a differentiating factor that really was. I wish I had known that when I was in high school and college, that's for sure. And that there kind of insight into what it is like playing in the NFL. That's stuff you can't just uh, pick up on the street. And you can get it on Ross's podcast uh, three times a week. Are you going to five times for the season, Ross, or staying with three times? Yeah, five times a week starting next week. Actually, well, it'll be four times a week next week. But then after that, it'll be five times a week daily, Monday through Friday, during the season. So we'll give you your, uh, your daily fill of podcast stuff at the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. So definitely sign up for that one, get subscribed, and check out Ross's Fantasy Football Podcast too with Evan Silver, the Fantasy Feast Eating. Definitely both worth a check, and you can get all the information, Ross, isn't it right, at rosstucker.com? Yep, that's right, rosstucker.com is kind of the hub for all the different podcasts. That makes it easy. It's an easy one to remember. And by the way, I'm also calling, I'm going to start to uh, 
email out real stories from my time in the NFL that people are going to get a kick out of. So you got to make sure you go to RawStucker.com, put your email address. You don't need to put your first name or last name, but put your email address in. It'll be worth it. Yeah, I've signed up to that myself, so looking forward to that. Thanks once again, Ross, for coming on. Hope to have you on again in the future. My pleasure, Colm. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. I'm Adam Rank of NFL.com and NFL Fantasy Live, and you are listening to Overtime Ireland Football Podcast. Perhaps, nope, I will declare it number one, the greatest podcast out of Ireland. Fantastic once again to have Ross back on the show. As I said earlier on in the show, one of the reasons that we got into podcasting was listening to his great stuff. He really got us hooked, and he talks about the sickness often, and I think true true to say that uh, at this stage now, age of the podcasting game, that we're enjoying it so much that it's really something that you look forward to every week and can't get enough off the NFL, really. So lots of fun there talking to Ross, some interesting topics taken up, and thanks again that he took the time to talk to us. Check him out on Twitter. It's at Ross Tucker NFL. Talked a little bit of NFL news with him, DJ, but let's give our own take on it, I guess, and let's go into the NFL news. NFL news. And Colin, one of the big stories that came out in week three of the NFL preseason, and that was the major blow for the St. Louis Rams losing quarterback Sam Bradford. He's going to be out for the whole season with a torn ACL that was suffered in their Saturday night pre-season win over the Cleveland Browns. Massive blow for the Rams, Colin. Yeah, DJ's a big blow here for the Rams, and I have to say, I mentioned that I thought Sam Bradford, I think it was last week in the podcast after they played the Packers, I thought he looked good against the Packers, and I thought he could actually have the season they were hoping for at the Rams, but I have to say, very, very tough blow for him, just coming back from a season-ending injury last year and another injury now, and just very, very disappointing news for the St. Louis Rams and really derails their hopes for the season. And some people don't think a lot of Sam Bradford as a quarterback, but I have to say he's a player at times, has shined in the NFL, and he's obviously had his issues with injuries. And the Rams obviously like him. They give up, or they traded away that number two overall pick a few years ago that actually turned into the RG3 trade. They got a lot of stuff out of it, and you know they passed over an RG3 in that one. So you're looking, uh, they have put a lot of stock in Bradford, and fortunately for him, he's injured again. And, you know, it's hard to see, you know, two ACL tears in two years. It's going to be a tough road back for him. But the Rams seem to say they're going to go with the backup QB there. That's Hill, and they're hoping that they're going to, you know, he's going to step in and step up to the plate. But I have to say that um, I would say you might see a trade here. There's been rumours, you know, Sanchez maybe being traded for for the Eagles, and you know that would be a good deal for the Eagles after they only picked him up this year. But he's obviously enhanced his stock dramatically in a short amount of time down there. You also look at uh, the likes of Mallet. He's always been talked about who's been traded. But at this moment in time, DJ, with the way Ryan Mallet has played in preseason, I don't know what I would be giving up for him. I certainly wouldn't be giving up a whole wild pile. And at the minute, to be honest, he could end up being cut by the Patriots. So I don't know if I'd be wasting any of my you know upcoming picks or anything like that there in the in the next few drafts on a player like Ryan Mallet. So we'll see we'll see what happens there in St. Louis. But it's a it's a tough blow for for the team. Well, Colm, I think Ryan Mallet at his worst is probably still better than what Mark Sanchez would be, so I'd, ima- I'd imagine Rams fans would rather see Ryan Mallet on his way to St. Louis than Mark Sanchez. Oh, well, I know Sanchez, the last few times we've seen him on the field when he was with the Jets, wasn't great, but you have to say like he is, is you know, he's been a starter in the NFL for quite some time. He has that game day experience. He has you know, played in the on the field on many, many occasions for the Jets and when you're looking then at Ryan Mallet, you know, he hasn't played a lot, in fact really nothing at all in uh, the regular season. So you're looking at a player with a lot more experience. So I would in this situation I'd be taking Sanchez over Mallet and I mentioned you know, Mallet, there's a lot talked about Mallet, but 
he hasn't really proven anything, so I think uh, I think they'll stay away from that trade. But we'll see. Another quarterback that picked up an injury during preseason, but thankfully it's only a hairline fracture he suffered, and that is Panthers quarterback Cam Newton, who suffered a hairline fracture to his ribs. But Coach Ron Rivera expects him to play come week one. Yeah, DJ, I'm sure Cam wasn't, and thankfully it's only a hairline fracture. You'd probably rather know. Fra- fractures at all but seeing in this game he got hit quite hard he was down you know he went off for a play or two and came back in so showed real toughness there coming back into the game and you know t- it's gonna he's coming back from that ankle injury and so maybe it'll give him a little bit more rest for for coming back off that surgery but nobody wants to have an injury at this time of the year nobody wants to be injured at all at any time of the year I guess but you know Cam Newton he's, spe- he's expecting to play week one so at least, at least he's not gonna be out for a, an extended period of time and just as something he's just going to have to rest for a few weeks and get back out in the field then. And Colin, moving on to a player that went undrafted in our money league over the weekend, that was Broncos kicker Matt Pritter, who was going to be picked up, but th- th- thanks to Mark, he wasn't picked up. So Mark's a very popular man now with all the rest of the lads in the league. <laughs> yeah, one of the boys had him ready to put up on the board and he was informed of the news. So lucky enough there for uh, Dan who was going to take him but he's going to miss the first four games so would have been not too smart to, to draft him at the, <laughs> at this stage speaking DJ players drafted uh, we'll talk more about the league later on but you took Tavon Austin and shortly after that the news came out of Sam Bradford's injury was that something would have changed that decision for you? I think at the stage I took Tavon Austin the news hadn't come out but I think it probably was still good value in that round of the players that were left, so I, I probably would have still taken them. Hopefully, they'll have a decent quarterback in St. Louis, and they'll keep targeting Tavon Austin. Yeah, I think it was there was a value packet where you got him, but the, nobody else knew the news either. Like, but uh, I think we'll see we'll see how the quarterback situation develops. We mentioned earlier, but I think he was the best player available at the time. But disappointing then after you take him to, to find out that the quarterback's going to be down for the year. But not much you can do about that. Dan Marino, legendary NFL quarterback and played for the Miami Dolphins and they've taken him into their front office as a special advisor and I think he was a legendary quarterback and I think he'll have to be a legendary advisor to really do anything with the Dolphins. (laughs) VJ has yet to show any love for any of the Patriots division rivals I think in these entire 70 episodes that we've done of Overtime Ireland so another dig there at the Miami Dolphins and nothing new there from DJ's point of view but Dan Marino a real legend of the game and you know a lot of teams now we see it in any sport you see it in the, the Premier League and so on players taking in former players to be say advisors or ambassadors for the team I don't know what actual role he's going to have as to what they're going to be advising to do and so on and so forth but I think uh Dan Marino being around the building and that, and you'll see that you know somewhere you know he can get in touch with the players, get chatting to the players, someone that the players will have great respect for, and hopefully uh, you know how last year they had the issues in the dressing room. Hopefully with players like Marino and that around the team, it'll help uh, create a better atmosphere down there. I'm sure that's probably part of their thinking for it. And before all the Dolphins fans write into us via email and Twitter, <laughs> I am only taking the hand ideas. So I'll take the hand ideas throughout the season, so just, just in advance, but. The, Dolph- the Dolphins have been slightly improving in recent years and I think Dan Marino having him in the front office will really inspire the quarterbacks and the offence down in Miami. 
Yeah, indeed, he said he's apologising there to obviously the Dolphins fans. Uh, I think we'll extend that out, DJ, to the Jets fans, to the Buffalo Bills fans, and really to all teams in the NFL outside of the New England Patriots for uh, just for uh, disclaimer purposes. Now, Callum, in fairness, the Jets deserve any criticism that <laughs> I give them, and you know, Geno Smith. Well, he's a quarterback. So is Tim Tebow, but we'll not, we'll not go into that. And best of luck to them all in fighting it out for second place in the AFC East this year. Moving on, DJ, to a few other teams and a player who looked absolutely abysmal again. I tweeted it out. I think I've tweeted it out after every Raiders game, and that is Matt Schaub isn't looking too hot for the Oakland Raiders, but he sat out practice with a sore elbow over the weekend, and um, I don't know. He must have had a sore elbow the whole entire offseason and last season too because he's not getting much... Uh, power behind the ball while he's throwing it so not much is up on the ball and I like the chances of the other quarterbacks to start ahead of him if not at the start of the season certainly a few weeks in but that, uh, that's him sitting out, of, sitting out of practice so see if he can improve any while he's getting a little bit of rest on the on the sidelines but Jim Harbaugh was talking up the 49ers after they have been struggling dramatically this uh, off season DJ and you know getting ready for the upcoming season they've, they've rarely put up points on the board and even in the game this weekend they put up points but it wasn't until the second and third string came in to, to play on offence so Kaepernick's having a bit of bother he had a few fumbles um, he got sacked a couple of times you know things weren't going great for him against San Diego and the worrying signs there for them I think the defence isn't going to be as good as it was last year and I think the offence at the minute is struggling a little bit because I thought it would be a jump forward year this year for Kaepernick I think they were going to try and throw the ball a little bit more with the players they have there now they've Michael Crabtree back fit and obviously with Vernon Davis and Kowal running around there I think they should be better in the passing game and just hasn't really worked for them on offense or sorry rushing the ball or throwing the ball so it hasn't been a great great preseason for the 49ers but yet again what will preseason count for come week one last season they didn't start the season too well but really dominated towards the end and made another run into the playoffs so just uh, worrying signs at the moment for for them and that their uh, interesting note deeds as well the the new stadium obviously built down there the Levi stadium and they had to resod the field during the week and some of the kickers and that though sometimes they're going to plant their foot when they're taking their kicks during the game over the weekend and you know you could see the turf moving and the players weren't getting good connections at all so you hopefully they'll get the the turf sorted out there in uh, the new Levi Stadium ASAP. I think the 49ers are one of those teams that are going to be there thereabouts come the end of the season and probably will make it into the playoffs yet again this year. I think I just, I just think that they should make the playoffs with the with the roster they have. I just think they've made it there in deep runs in the playoffs the last three years, and it's just it's not easy to consistently keep getting back there year in year out. And some team that's always expected to get there again is always going to miss out. There's always a turnover in who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. So Harbaugh's done a great job down there getting them there these last few seasons, and you know just sometimes that the team just misses that opportunity and it starts to slip away. But the Forty ers could prove me wrong again this year. You had another good performance in the preseason column for New Orleans Saints. Quarterback Drew Brees, 9 of 15, 128 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, Drew Brees, you know, I talked about Ryan Rogers in last week's show. You know, Drew Brees is another player right up there. Actually, the first player was taken in our fantasy draft this year at the quarterback position. So, taken very second round and, you know, you can't really argue with it either. All the same. The player that's going to put up great stats, Jimmy Graham's there. Marcus Colson's looking quite good and you know, there's players there that have been talked up, you know, younger players like Kyrie Robinson and you know, there's just there's just a lot of like lot to like down there when they're playing in the dome, exceptional. I think it's when they go out feel outdoors sometimes that they, they struggle a little bit. So 
Definitely a team I think could be going for a for a Super Bowl run and they're they're, they're looking good in, in pre-season and Kenny Vaccaro look good again for them you know he's come back off that injury from last season but very very uh, dominating looking defensive defensive back and like the look of him this season again. Another good win for Colum, your Green Bay Packers Aaron Rodgers 139 yards and two touchdowns only a completion rate 9 of 20 Colm? Yeah just some cross wires DJ but we're talking about uh, the Packers. I guess there's only one man DJ that I can name out for this uh, performance, and that was Mr. Eddie Lacy. Uh, you know, talk about beast mode up there in Seattle, and I think we might have a little beast mode of our own down in Green Bay this upcoming season. It was really good last year, and the whole offense was just built around him when Rodgers went down injured. So I think this year's going to be a little bit less pressure on him with Rodgers being there. You know, they'll be airing out the ball a little bit more, and he'll be getting more open room to run in, and he's looked good catching the ball too. And, Overall, just I'm really, really excited to see what he does this this season for the Packers. Earlier days too, I suppose we'll mention. We always mention kind of the the buzz topics, and we talked about the Rams game earlier. Obviously, when we talked about Sam Bradford, mentioned Tavon Austin, but Michael Sam's had two sacks this uh, preseason, one against the Packers last week, and got to Mister Johnny Manziel this week, DJ. So Michael Sam, they're uh, starting to do his thing in the NFL. So it'll be interesting when the cuts come about if he if he gets to stay on the roster. But a few nice performances from him in the last few weeks and. We didn't talk about Manziel last week when the decision was made that he wouldn't be the, the starter for the upcoming season. and So Mr Manziel too will be sitting with a clipboard for the for the start of the season and Mr Johnny clipboard now rather than Mr Johnny football. But lots of stuff going on, DJ. The roster cuts are going to be coming in now thick and fast. Some of the team's making their cuts already and we'll see uh, who doesn't make it. Will there be any, any big name players missing out on a, on a role in the NFL this season? With Michael Sam, Colum in particular, people's talk before the draft, and that was about off-the-field issues, and even during his pro day, and that he wasn't very impressive, but I think he's done enough during this pre-season to actually earn a place on the Rams roster. Obviously, DJ, when he was drafted, it was such a big, big story. Everyone was talking about it, but we've seen now how quickly these things move along. People uh, just get their head around it it was amazing that it was such a big topic at the start I know that was one of the things that you kept saying that it shouldn't have been a really big topic but certainly was a big topic at the time but I think now people have moved on and just interested to see if he if he makes that roster or not player DJ possibly not going to be on the roster for different reasons that'll be for the first few games off next season um, is Josh Gordon looks like the Cleveland Browns are certainly preparing, preparing for part of the season without him and Mike Patton was talking after the game the last day said he's you know there's a suspension looming he expects it to come in he's still not sure as to how long the ban will be but certainly looks like it's going to be at least 8 games but you know at the start it was thought about it was going to be the whole season so potential there for him to be back for, for some of the season and he was another player who was taken quite late in the draft so taking a chance somebody taking a chance on him but overall DJ it's going to be disappointing for Josh Gordon and expect him to get banned but just the length of time still yet unconfirmed Two other players, DJ, could be facing bans. It's unconfirmed as well at this moment. There's uh, Le'Veon Bell and LeGarrette Blunt. Since we recorded last week, they were both caught in Le'Veon Bell's car in possession of a banned substance, uh, according to the NFL's substance abuse policy, so named to be marijuana. So we'll see uh, what happens with them. Both of them did play against the Eagles in their preseason game, but I'd say that, you know, depending on what the police report says and so on, there could be a, a ban coming down the line for the two of them. He had another two players that can be added to the NFL's 
dumbest off-season moments. <laughs> yeah, DJ, but in fairness, now, compared to last season when we were going through these kind of incidents, it, it hasn't been quite as bad this year, in fairness, as it was last year. A little bit more, maybe smaller things, we'll call it, happening this year rather than last year. So, you know, uh, overall, it's uh, been a little bit better, I think, in the public eye. I suppose Ray Rice incident happened, seems like a long time ago now, but, you know, sometimes these things drift from memory, but seems like the, the players are being a little bit better behaved this off-season. So did you think that's all the kind of bits and pieces we decided to go through? Picked up some little bits and pieces of different topics there. Hopefully we covered most of the stuff the guys and the girls listening wanted to hear. But we're going to move in now, DJ, and talk a little bit about our upcoming Madden 15 competition. Competition time with OTI. Always like there to play that OTI competition time jingle there as we give away some prizes again this week. This week's competition is going to be in part with GameStop and of course, the new Madden 15 games coming out. Everyone's excited about the release and can't wait to get playing it myself. But Madden 15, we're giving away two copies. We're going to have one for the Xbox and one for the PlayStation 4. So we'll be giving away the two of them. One this week, one in the following few weeks. I'm sure it might be next week, might be the week after. We have a few prizes. We're trying to give a bit of variety for the prizes over the next few weeks. So Madden 15, we're giving away a copy and it's going to be simple to enter. All you're going to have to do is make sure you're following us on Twitter. It's at Overtime Ireland. And also you're going to have to make sure that you're spreading the word. So you have to retweet the competition links we put out. We're going to be putting out a couple of them over the weekend. And no limit on entries. Each one that you retweet counts as an entry into the competition. Each shout out to give us on Twitter will count as an entry into the competition. And if you can give us a comment and a rating on iTunes, send us over. Screen grabber that off it onto the Twitter and let us know. Send us your pictures of you listen to the podcast. And just keep spreading the word in general. And that'll get you more and more entries into the competition of course the more times you're in the more chances you have to win so looking forward to giving away that copy of the game obviously whoever wins this week will get the choice out of which copy you'll be getting there is the xbox one there is the playstation 4 one I believe it's the xbox one dj the new xbox is called isn't it yeah that's right Coleman. just if it's a coincidence that the winner happens to be a d kelly from frost's it <laughs> is purely coincidental anybody wants to give me a game of madden 15 no problem at all yeah we might have to set up some uh, fake accounts to try and get ourselves entered but I do joke um, this year we'll be going to one of the great listeners who have been helping spread the word of Overtime Ireland over the last year or so and really really do thank you for all your support in that time so Madden 15 could be on its way to you all you have to do is follow the Overtime Ireland Twitter handle this week the tweets will be going out on Saturday and Sunday make sure you're retweeting make sure you're spreading the word and then you'll have a chance of winning a brand new copy of Madden 15 not even out yet not even released yet so Looking forward to that. That competition is in part with GameStop, so thank you to them for helping us spread the word of Overtime Ireland with this fantastic competition. These were heading up to Crow Park this weekend. We'll also be trying to spread the word of Overtime Ireland up there. We'll have on a couple of our Overtime Ireland t-shirts. We'll be spreading the word and we'll be giving out some cards uh, trying to get a few more listeners, a few more subscribers and a few more followers. But uh, it should be good good fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, really looking forward to the game and quite a bit of controversy this week with the game been on and there been a replay in the All-Ireland football semi-final but obviously the organisers off the game couldn't have predicted that beforehand and to all the GA fans that are from either counties listening in I'm sure you are hoping that you will get another trip to Crow Park and that will be for the All-Ireland final so best of luck to fans from both of those teams <laughs> Yeah DJ Crow Park a lot of scheduling things going on this year obviously with the Gareth Brooks thing that pushed all these GAA games back a little bit and you know now we see that it's a, causing a little bit more conflict with the game coming up but 
We're not to worry, DJ. Donegal will be playing in Crow Park on Sunday. Unfortunately, we're coming back home because I'm working on Sunday, but we are watching that game too. But looking forward to the Crow Park Classic. Looking forward to meeting up with some of the listeners before it, uh, possibly after it. Just stay tuned again to that Overtime Ireland Twitter feed and you'll find out what we'll be doing at the game. And look forward to meeting some of you, getting to chat with some of you, and just in general, spreading the word of Overtime Ireland while we're up there. And uh, I got myself a press pass to be up in the in the press box will be an interesting view of the game from up there so I'll be covering the game for Overtime Ireland and be putting up an article on the site after so looking forward to that that'll be going up on DJ the new Overtime Ireland updated website you can find that where? OvertimeIreland.com shameless plug again but if we don't do it who's going to do it so OvertimeIreland.com is the place to find all the stuff that's going up and we held back some of the articles over the weekend we'll be having a kind of a flood of them going up now once the website goes live so looking forward to that as well but that is the Crow Park Classic anyone going make sure you get in contact with us on Twitter meet up for a little chat before or after the game and have a little bit of fun while the game's on so looking forward to travelling up long journey up DJ a few hours up a few hours back but it'll be all worth it for a good game of American football and of course you know, it should be should be a fantastic event. It should be a great atmosphere, and I know the teams are really looking forward to it. And speaking of the teams looking forward to it, DJ, Connor Philpot was having a little vacation over in the States and got to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp, which he's a big fan of the Bucs, and he was talking to them, made an interview for us last week on the show. And this here week, we're going to be getting another interview from him, so thanks to Connor for sending it in to us. He was down there at UCF. He was down before one of their training sessions and got to talk to Sean Galvin. He's a kicker for the team he's actually from Ireland and talked a little bit about his you know his experience playing GAA and his thoughts on playing in Crow Park as a as an Irish man but he never thought it would be playing American football so that was interesting that's coming up in this interview he also talked with Brian Armstein he is going to talk with Connor about organizing the trip over and what went into it and how much the team in general is looking forward to it he is one of the media relations guys there he hooked us up with that interview we done with George O'Leary a month or so back that was the head coach off the University of Central Florida so should be fun here, so let's get into those interviews now that Connor brought our way. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland. Have you been surprised by the media and public interest in Ireland ahead of this uh, forthcoming game between the University of Central Florida Knights and the Penn State Nittany Lions? I am not surprised at all. Our very first trip uh, when we made the announcement at Croke Park in July of 2013, uh, publicity that UCF, the Penn State, Ireland and Croke Park got from it was exceptional. Uh, we were we were floored about how interested everybody was in playing this game, uh, both from the, the state side and, and in Ireland. Uh, we were we felt blessed just being over there and, and getting the, having this reception that we did, and the interest that that came with it was just phenomenal. Um, I, I can't I, I can't begin to say an, uh, enough good things about uh, how we were treated, um, the fans, the the GAA, everybody at Croke Park. And, and those at Penn State, when we went over there, it was just a fantastic experience. And uh, we know f- from right from the beginning, when we made that announcement, that this was going to be a special game. And we, from that moment, we couldn't wait to actually get on the field and play. There's been a lot of work involved from then till now, uh, and we're still working hard uh, on getting ready for this game. But we're, we can't wait until uh, we, we get on that plane and start heading over. And how have you actually found dealing with the Gaelic Athletic Association? Obviously, they're strictly an amateur organization in some ways, but I suppose their professionalism has been one of the things that everybody outside of Ireland even has admired. How have you found it yourself? The GAA has been phenomenal. I, they've been one of the best groups I've ever had to work with in my career. Uh, they've treated us with with all sorts of respect. Both times we've been out there, they, they've hosted us and uh, and made our trips special to us, uh, even though they're working trips. Uh, they, they made us feel at home out there. Uh, it's, it's, our, it's UCF's home game, and, and 
they were they're working side by side with us just to make it make sure that we're taken care of and and they're taken care of as well. So there's a lot of different things that are going involved in terms of the you know hosting a game here in the states and hosting a game in Ireland, you know, just such as like credentialing and um, and tailgating that kind of thing. But you know, for the last about a little over a year, it's it's been great to just kind of map everything out, learn how or learn what the expectations are for both fan bases. Uh, and get ready for this game. So working with the GA has been has been great, uh, and I know our game day will be a, a great experience for uh, fans, media, and everybody involved. Uh, you've mentioned that you have travelled to over over to Ireland twice. Obviously, do you like what you've seen of Crow Park, and how have you kind of sorted out kind of training facilities and other things of that kind of ilk, I suppose? Well, just so you know, I haven't been to Carton House or anything like that, so I can't comment on that. Um, but uh, Crow Park is just just a historic facility. It's a historic venue. Uh, some of the things that have happened there uh, historically, and then as well as concerts and and the GAA games, it's just when when you ste- when I stepped on the field, I was just in awe. I, I I couldn't move for a good ten minutes because just looking around and and thinking about what has taken place uh, in that venue, and we are honored just to even be there. I, I mean, even to step foot on the grass, it was just it was such a privilege. Uh, and I know everybody that went went over there felt the same way because because of. Um, what Croke Park means uh, to the city of Dublin and Ireland. And we've seen the entire college, um, most notably the UCF Knights Without Borders, came to Dublin and worked on the ha- Habit After Humanity in Dublin. Do you think this shows that it's m- more than a game and that it's kind of a commitment from the university as a whole rather than just the Knights football team? Right, it, yeah, it's definitely not just about the football game. Uh, there have been se- several other uh, events and functions surrounding the game, such as the Knights Without Borders community service event. Uh, there's another big business um, function taking place between Irish business leaders and, and people from America. So it's not just the game, uh, but it's also just about Ireland and the United States coming together and, and, and enjoying an amazing game, but an amazing week. And for our fans, I can speak on behalf of UCF that there, everybody is stoked about coming over to Ireland and making a big week out of this. And I know a few fans that are leaving today, and we're you know, two weeks away from the game, and they're going over to Europe and, and, and having a great little vacation of it. So it does culminate in the football game, yes, but there's so much more to it that's helping both Orlando, Pennsylvania, the United States, and Ireland that just being a part of it all is very, very special. So how have preparations been going for the journey? And have you been in contact with, again, this might be for, more for Dave Hansen, but have you been in contact with other colleges who might have taken part in the previous encounters there, like Notre Dame or anything like that? Yes. Um, there's been a couple questions that I've had, and everyone's been great to work with me, whether it comes to, um, I can speak of media relations uh, and public relations. So I reached out to Navy, and they, they helped me out a ton as far as just giving me some facts and figures about how they prepared for the game, um, all the things that they did to make sure that both American and Irish media had everything they needed, um, and so I've worked with them a little bit. But but the GAA has has been phenomenal in terms of everything that I need. They've been taken care of, and I, I can't thank them enough for getting us ready to, to come over there and host this game. Uh, for the players, of course, this is largely more of a business trip. But are there any plans for them to perhaps see some of the sights and sounds of Ireland? You may know, of course, that uh, the following day is the All Ireland Gaelic Football semi-final between Dublin Which, and Donegal. Really upset. I can't get. You I won't really get. Wish I'd love to be at that game. Um, I'd say you won't get take as far. It'll be an eighty thousand set. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, though there's um, they're still planning on uh, having a, a couple team functions. Uh, it is a business trip for, for UCF. We're going over to, to win a game, but we're still going to try and make some time to enjoy Dublin, enjoy Ireland, and uh, whatever those 
plans are official, we'll, we'll make those announcements. And then whatever, I know there's going to be a good pep rally downtown uh, in Dublin that head coach George O'Leary will be at and speak to the crowd. And, and it's just going to be a phenomenal time. But you're right, yeah, it is a business trip. And uh, there's going to be a couple of practices that we have uh, to get ready for this game. So, yeah, we wish we kind of had you know, a couple extra days that we can you know, do some more sightseeing. But um, definitely we'll save that for a little more pers- some more personal vacations, I guess. <laughs> is there anything aside from a good... Uh a nice victory against uh, Penn State on the opening day that the university hopes to gain from an event like this? Well, for one thing, it's, you know, this is a student athletes. Uh, our, our, that's our business. You know, we, we want to take care of our student athletes and give them something that, that they'll remember. And then, then playing football for, for UCF is, is such a, it's a tradition. It's become a tradition now. And, and for them to be able to go to Ireland is something that not many student athletes in general will be able to get to say they did. And no matter what happens on the field, it's going to be something they'll always remember. And they can, they can go and take away that, yeah, you know what, that was part of my UCF lifestyle. This was what I did at UCF, and it's something they'll always remember. Not just, but not just student-athletes, but the fans, coaches, support staff, everybody. So it's already been phenomenal. Uh, I can't begin to express my gratitude toward everyone that's reached out to us about this game uh, ahead of it, just to promote it and showcase UCF. It's been very beneficial for for all of us here at UCF, and I know it has been for Penn State as well. OvertimeIreland.com So, Sean, would you keep up with much Irish sport now, I suppose, <laughs> over here, or would you find it kind of difficult to kind of, I suppose, keep up with the GA now that you're, you're kicking for Central Florida? I mean, I watch the guy all the time, but, I mean, the family's always calling. He keep me up with everything. We don't get a lot of coverage over here, though, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I still try to keep up with all of it. I mean, try to watch the hurling football, but... And the soccer, obviously, but we didn't make it to the World Cup this year, but hopefully next time now we'll be up there. Unlikely, I'd say. Um, <laughs> you actually played soccer a fair bit in high school and coming from, I suppose, a Gaelic football. How did you develop your kicking style? Or would you say it's mirrored on any kind of one particular player in the NFL or college? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've been playing Gaelic football and soccer, obviously, my whole life, so that kind of helped with my strength in my leg and stuff. You know, I played centre-back there for the Gaelic school and band and GA club and everything. But um, I don't know, I mean... I with your heroes growing up as Roy Keane and Dermot Sullivan and all those boys, but I mean I just kind of adapted to the position and kicking and stuff, and the start worked out for me fairly well. I suppose seeing a Corkman play in Cork Park in late August probably isn't a surprise to anyone at this point, but uh, so it was a different sport. How much does it mean to you personally, I suppose, and to your family to see you <coughs> make it to Crow Park? Probably would have been your dream as uh, yeah. much as for any Cork kid, I suppose. Growing up, that's all I wanted to do. You know, I mean I didn't ever expect to play football, but growing up, I that was the dream to play. GAA for Cork, you know, hurling or football, it didn't matter, I played both sports, you know. But growing up, I wanted to play in Crow Park, and now doing it here from America is absolutely unbelievable. But I didn't expect to get it this way, but I found a way to home anyway to play in Crook Park, so can't get too mad. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of guys like yourself, Patrick Murray down in Tampa with the Buccaneers, and another Darrow O'Neill, nephew of Mars, Mars Fitzgerald, uh, kicking and punting in either college or the NFL. Do you think perhaps in, in, the far, in the distant future we could see perhaps Ireland maybe producing more other college or perhaps NFL players? I mean, with the Gaelic football in Ireland and the soccer and everything, you know, I mean, we all develop pretty strong legs over there, you know what I mean? And we, we've been playing soccer, rugby, football, you know what I mean? So I can only imagine more people will start adapting playing to the game and hopefully Ireland will start you know, having their own teams and they'll adapt to it and sending kickers over this way so we can have more Irish people in the NFL. Now you spent a lot of last year, I suppose, like on the kickoff team. How do you think? How do you see your role progressing this year? Kickoffs, obviously, my main role on the team. You know, to keep you know pin the ball deep and help um, the team get a good tackle inside the twenty-yard line. But I mean, I just push everyone, keep everyone in line. You know, now I'm an older guy. You know, keep the leader of the group. So 
just keep pushing everyone forward and um, keep everyone in line and just hopefully then keep punting kicking and then in the NFL hopefully we'll start kicking field goals and punt as well. So from a victory against Penn State, what do you uh, hope to achieve out of the trip uh, out of the trip or maybe a couple of visits to friends and family relations, things yeah, like that? I mean, we're going on a business trip over there obviously to win the game, but I know I can't wait to see all the cousins now up for the game because none of the families ever watched me play, only the mum and dad, you know what I mean? Mm. So it'll be fun seeing the grandparents, uncles and aunts up in Crow Park. And I get to look up to them from the field where I always wanted to do, you know what I mean? So I can't imagine seeing my parents look down at me in Crow Park, so it should be a good laugh. Can't wait. Hi, I'm Delaney Walker, tight end for the Tennessee Titans, and you listen to Overtime Ireland. Very interesting there, DJ, to hear Sean talking about getting the opportunity to play in Crow Park. You know, he always dreamed of playing there, playing Hurland or playing Gaelic at Crow Park, and he was sitting about looking up to, you know, see his family up in the crowd when he's there this week playing, and he just he never thought he would get the opportunity. Now he's actually playing American football there, so very, very interesting story and a nice little piece of information that will really get us ready to watch the match this weekend. And I think, DJ, with the coverage we've had off Universal University of Central Florida on the podcast, I think we're going to have to have to root for them when we're at the game this weekend. Yeah, Colin, my ticket for the game is in the Hogan stand, which is the UCF stand for the weekend. So go UCF. <laughs> yeah, one stand for each team, but it's, it should be. It's going to be close to a sell. It should be a lot of fun, and I'm just really, really looking forward to it. We're meeting up with a few people who have been on the show before. Um, Jim Diopolis was on with us last week. He's actually coming over to officiate or to watch the officiating crew you know he's a he's a supervisor of officials now so looking forward to meeting up with him as well and talk to him on last week's show so that should be a lot of fun too meeting some new guys up there so looking forward to it dj but i think now we'll talk a little bit about our fantasy league the oti fantasy fix your fantasy football questions answered we talked last week dj about the fantasy leagues that we drafted for overtime ireland and i think everyone's pretty happy with the team they ended up with overall but our Money League DJ with our friends here. We had our draft in person on Sunday night and a lot, a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of, a lot of surprises, maybe we'll say, DJ. And you had the first overall pick and maybe you sprung a bit of a surprise with that one. I think it was a shock for some of the boys with my number one overall pick. I went with New Orleans Saints tight end, tight end Jimmy Graham. Yeah, DJ, very early in the draft taking a tight end, but taking him first overall. I was talking to you before the draft. I had a kind of idea that this was what you were going to do, but when you look around uh, then on the draft board, DJ, Mr. Rob Gronkowski and Julius Thomas both did not make it back to you. It was a snake draft. Didn't get back to you again with that 24th overall pick when you were picking in the second round. So if you hadn't have taken Jimmy Graham at the start, I don't think you would have got a tight end anywhere off those top three in the second round. So good choice overall. And then your, your second pick then was Aaron Rodgers, so... Probably the best uh, tight end in the game, probably the best quarterback in the game with the first two picks. It was a bit awkward making selections when it was going to be 20-odd picks before I would get to make my second pick. and I probably would have went with Drew Brees as the second pick just to have the combination of him and Jimmy Graham if Drew Brees had made it back that far, but he went two picks before it came back to me, so I thought I'd go with Aaron Rodgers and Hopefully he'll do a good job for me this season. Yeah, Jared took uh, Drew Brees just a few rounds or a few picks before you, and he's a big Drew Brees fan, so no surprise with him to get that pick, and him. he was delighted with it. You're obviously expecting a big year from the New Orleans Saints, DJ. You wanted to get the tight end and the quarterback combination there, so a lot of good news there for New Orleans Saints fans. DJ's expecting big things from them on offense this season, as I mentioned earlier in the show, but a few interesting picks overall, DJ. But uh, I got uh, Megatron at number six, second wide receiver then Jordy Nelson and then I actually got 
Alfred Morris and Doug Martin as my two starting running backs overall. I was happy with them first four rounds. Matt Ryan as the quarterback a little bit later in the draft. So overall, happy enough with how the draft went. Some interesting picks, DJ mentioned. You obviously went with Jimmy Graham at the start. Um, then the three quarterbacks all went in quick succession. You had Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning in the third round. But kind of was going a little bit like expected, a little bit different than expected. But overall, a very fun night, DJ. Very late night as well and very uh, sore head today. For myself, anyway. Yeah, for yourself, calm. I was driving, so wasn't consuming any alcohol. That probably was the reason for some of my picks being more wise than picks made by other people. But <laughs> we'll have to see how the season goes and see if that is the way it ends up. Yeah, so a few different draft strategies taken in there. I went for that one. A lot of people had been, you know, talking about it in different fantasy podcasters. Listened in. I wasn't sure how it would felt right for me but I went for no running backs in the first two rounds went wide receiver wide receiver and then I was hoping to go wide receiver again in the third round but players just started to drop down a little bit and Doug Martin I thought at that their point was good value so I took Doug Martin there but I got Charlie Nelson and Calvin Johnson so pretty happy with those two wide receivers and I think I got enough depth then at the running back position to get me through the season but as I mentioned earlier DJ in the show we're going to be talking about different fantasy leagues we're involved in each and every week on the show depending on how those teams do maybe the ones that we're doing terrible in we'll just not talk about them quite as much but anytime we're doing well I'm sure we'll bring it up again on the show but that'll be the the fantasy bit in most of our shows each and every week so DJ I think we've pretty much covered everything now Uh, thanks again to Connor for getting those interviews with the UCF guys Thanks to Ross Tucker for coming on the podcast. Be sure and check out his podcast if you haven't already listened. And I guess that's pretty much it, DJ. We'll be back next week with another show and looking forward to it. So until then, all that's left to say is I'm Colin. And I'm DJ. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.